Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I'll have some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights but when I when I look around and I think things <coughs> All of my good days outweigh my bad days. I, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly see the road. Question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain? But He knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes they can't see. Say thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I want some blame. Good evening, radio world. This is the Pastor Alexander Lock in the Burdenburg Church. 402 North 13th Street in Urban, North Carolina. We count a privilege and a blessing just to be on the air this afternoon and thank God for our health and strength. We thank God for your health and strength. If you're not feeling good, if you are feeling bad, if you've been going through something that seems like you just can't shake it out, we take authority over it right now. Everyone that is listening, everyone that may be sick, everyone that may be going through, everyone that may have an infirmity, that it might lose you. And let you go. God give us the power and authority to decree a thing. And I decree right now, even before we get started, that you feel better. That the sick will loosen hope and let you go. That, that, that the doctor didn't find out and don't know what to do, God can do. Well, he can do everything but fail. And we pray that he touch you, he will heal you. He will make you whole from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that the pain will leave, that the discomfort will leave, that the sickness will leave, that the infirmity will be dried up by strife. And you'll be healed and be made whole even so right now. So we just bless them this afternoon. We hope and pray we have a wonderful this service this afternoon that the word will find you right where you are sitting. Amen. Right there in your seat. Amen. Just get ready. Hear a powerful word of God because the Bible says everything else is going to pass away, but the word is not going anywhere. Amen. Amazing grace. 
shall always be my song of praise. Tud was that grace that bought me liberty. I do not know why he loved me so, but he looked, looked beyond my fall and saw all my knees. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. Tud was that grace. It bought me liberty. I I do not know why God would even love love me so. But He looked looked beyond my fault. He looked beyond your fault too. He looked looked beyond my fault. He looked looked beyond my fault. And so, oh, oh, my knees. Let me say that again. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. Tud was that grace that bought me liberty. I, I, I do not know why he would even love us so. But he looked. Look beyond our fault. We had so many of them. He looked, looked beyond our fault. He looked, looked beyond our fault. And so, oh, our knees. We bless him for being that kind of God. Look beyond our fault. We didn't deserve it. He looked beyond our fault. When he should have judged us, he loved us. Oh, and forgave us time and time again and looked beyond our fault and saw our need. And he would look at our fault alone, he would have destroyed it, but he looked beyond the mistakes I was making. He looked beyond the mistake you were making, and he saw our need. This afternoon, we got a very important message we want to talk about that is going on in the world today, and it's going on amongst Christians and amongst saints. Not so much against the world. We expect the world to be that way, but it's going on in the church. I want to talk about anger, anger, amen, the danger, amen, of, of uncontrolled anger, the danger, amen, that comes from anger that is uncontrolled. I want to talk with so don't let anger get the best of you. Let that Don't let anger get the best of you, because that's what happens. When we become so angry about it doesn't matter what made us angry, we get so angry they get the best of us. We all struggle with moments of anger, whether we are faced with a small a not an annoyance or an overwhelming situation, rather than lashing out with hard words and action, which only leave us with guilt and shame, we can stop and focus on the scriptures for the help. The Bible gives us plenty of advice on dealing with anger and how to handle emotion. We have collect, we, we this afternoon I have collected Bible scriptures uh, 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 on anger and, and, and about anger is not sinning. Here you can you can discover how to live free from the control of anger. 
The Bible also teaches us that that not all that all anger is wrong. Righteous anger stems from an anger that that arises when we witness an offense against God or His Word. Righteous anger cares about others. It attacks the sin instead of the sinner. It is important to consider what can result from our anger. Will our anger produce action that intend to make the world a better place to help bring people to hear the gospel in a loving way? Or will our anger retaliate, isolate, and cause someone to potentially stray away from the faith because of our action? We should be slow to become angry and feel all emotion through how God wants us to respond to others. So I want you to browse these scriptures that I'm writing down below. Copy them down and keep them with you throughout the day to remind yourself of God's strength, peace when you feel tense. Because we realize if you live long enough, you're going to get angry. Ain't none of us vulnerable. Ain't none of us prone that anger can't come to our house. Anger coming to all our houses, but it all depends on how you visit anger, how you deal with the anger when it comes. And you might be just to be angry, because the Bible said be angry and see not. You might be justified in being angry. No one is saying that you are wrong for becoming angry, and that's not the message that I'm trying to portray this afternoon, that it's wrong for you to get angry because sometimes things can happen to make you angry. What I'm talking about this afternoon is not getting out of control, not letting it get the best of you, not making you get the cursing, making you get so angry that you you Retaliate. You want to go get your gun, get your weapon. You want to take vengeance into your hand. You ain't got. You want to hear what nobody got to say. You're gonna fix it yourself. You're gonna fix the matter yourself. Then your anger is out of control. No one can tell you anything. You're not thinking clearly. You you cannot be rationalized too because you ain't listening. When you become so angry that you're not listening, that's a bad anger to have. The Bible says don't be quick to become angry. Some people are so quick to become angry. And I'm talking about people in leadership positions from, from the apostle all the way down uh, to the to the layman in the church. We all, we all get we all guilty of becoming so angry that we're not even thinking. Look at David. Whenever he went and asked Bathsheba, he went and asked the girl her, her husband, sent servants to ask to tell her husband to send them something to eat because they was out in the field taking care of the sheep and they've been out there for a long time. All through the year, David was out there watching the man sheep, so no thieves or nothing could uh, 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 could not mess with the man sheep. And David thought, well, maybe because he was being nice and, and so kind, watching the man's flock while he got the man. I didn't ask David to watch over his flock. David was doing that to count his heart. And David thought because he was doing that, the man should have sent him something to eat. He only asked for some cheese and raisin and some milk, something for his, for his men. David had 700 men. And, and the man sent word back and said, I don't know no David. In other words, I ain't told him to watch over my sheep. I owe him nothing. And David got so angry that David said, if he have any children left in the morning that wet on the wall, the other word, he's going to kill even the children. David said, let me not be David. And David got his men together. We're headed to the man's house, going to kill the man and everything he had just because the man wouldn't see him no razor and no cheese. How, 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 how wrong David was? I mean, that was that man's stuff. He didn't have to give David his stuff he didn't want to, but David thought that he should have. And the man, why? He was Sheba. She came and met David. When she heard about what the servant told him, said, this man come asking for help, 
and your master took and turned him down and said he ain't going to say nothing. She got her camera together, two or three cameras. She put figs on it and raisins on it and milk and cheese and bread and went and met David and begged David not to kill. Said, David, don't do that because one day you're going to be king. One day this, this you don't want this reproach to be on your shoulder. For it to be said that you killed a whole family and everybody just because a man didn't give you nothing. She said, I perceive and I see in the spirit you won't be a great man one day. Don't do this. And because she did that, David repented of his anger. But David was out of control. He was really fit to make a mess. But God had to use this woman to turn him. So God, you don't know who God might use to, to stop you from being angry. There are people in prison today for being angry. They end there. I know because I've been there myself, and why by being there, I talked to some of the people that were there. I went there, but for a little while, for a few months, for just a, a you know, male fraction, but nevertheless, I was still there. And I talked to some of the people that were there, and some of them told me if they had just one more moment to have think, if they could have had just one more minute to think about what they did. Some of them there for 300 euros. Some of them there for a life sentence. Some of them would never be, they'll never be free no more. If they would have had one more, but they don't get no another chance. They said if they had one more chance, amen. Now, you got the chance that they don't have. They said if they had one more chance, they would have did this and they would have did that so that they wouldn't have ended up in prison. Well, here you is free right now for to make a mistake, for to make an unwise mistake, for to take matters in your own hand. This ain't just for the saved. This is for the lost as well. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes we do things when we, that we sometimes, some of us are suffering now that we're saved from things we did when we were lost. Because when you get saved, sometimes you come right on with you, follow right behind It doesn't change the fact that you took somebody's life just because you got saved. It doesn't. It don't change the fact that you robbed it. That you were so angry that you hurt somebody and, and, and you left them wounded, left them handicapped. So we ought to be so careful when we're dealing with anger, because anger don't care whether you say the law in the church or out the church. When you don't in that rage and that anger, when you can't tell nobody, in just a moment you done did something that's gonna cause you for the rest of your life drive by shooting because you mad at somebody because they messed with somebody in your game, you messed with somebody in their game, and now you guys gonna get together and do a drive by shooting. You can't give back what you take when you take somebody's life in anger. Think about what you're gonna do before you do it. Rationalize what you're gonna do before you do it because it could hurt you. It could it could cause somebody. To, Husband may be lost. Somebody's wife or somebody's children will be lost. You out on the highway, headed somewhere in a rage. You could have a wreck and take the lives of somebody else going to try to fix that little problem that you have. Give it to God. God's grace is sufficient. That's my subject, a uh, subtopic. God's grace is sufficient. It's sufficient enough with all your anger, no matter how angry you are, no matter how mad you are. It doesn't matter what they did. God's grace is sufficient. So we want to give you a few scriptures this afternoon. You might have a foundation. Remember, don't remember my subject is uh, 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 don't let your anger get out of control. I remember I'm reminded of a neighbor, a few neighbors of mine who was burning a brush fire, and they thinking that they had it under control because they done it before. But this time the wind got in it, uh huh. And when the wind got in it, that brush fire jumped, jumped, it jumped away from their woods and. The debris jumped over on somebody else's land and burnt the whole, burnt up all the woods. And they had to pay a whole lot of money and find it because they 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 and they didn't, they didn't have a burning permit. So now they they got to pay a fine and you know go to court 
before finally that got out of control. They didn't know it was going to get out of control, and you don't either. When you go in there talking about, I'm going to just go in there and say this and say that, then you get over there and be word by word and word for word, and next thing you know, your anger done got out of control like that fire did, and it done jumped and caused you to do something that you'll regret when you should have not have went in the first place, when you should have gave it to the Lord. It's when you should have let God feel because you know how angry you are. You know you don't know how to act when you get angry. So 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 you got to realize that and act upon that that you know. Every matter, every person know their own anger. Every person know their own self. Ephesians four twenty six thirty one says, "In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry." Other words, the Bible says it's okay to be angry, but don't be angry next week this time. Uh, next month this time, when you kept anger that long, the Bible said you have sinned. It said don't let the anger, don't let the sun go down. God have forgave you. Now you forgive and do it quickly. Don't keep walking around talking about what they did to you and how hurt that they just don't know. When I see them, I'm going to do this. You, you, you ain't doing no more building up fire. you just building up a keg of dynamite. That's what you're doing to them when I see them. And the devil will make you see them right at the time when you ain't on the, when you, when you, when you ain't got no control of your anger. And next thing you know, you done took somebody alive. It won't, it won't buy, but it was it wasn't but a while back when 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 two men met at a fast food restaurant, and one jumped in front of the other, and he got out of his car with there and they got in an argument, and he shot the man and killed him. Cause the man jumped in front of him at a fast food restaurant, cause he beat him to the hamburger, beat him to the hot dog, or whatever that fast food was serving. You see what happened when you don't when you think you're under control. He jumped out of his car, went up there to flush the man out, but he wanted control of his anger. And then doing so, the man made him so mad, he killed the man. And now he's going to spend time in prison for murder over a hamburger and a hot dog or whatever that was that the man beat him to. Isn't that something? We ought to be so careful. We've got to know ourselves. We think we know ourselves. See, that's what Satan does when you're an angry person. He wants you to think you know yourself. And so you find yourself in a mess because you think you got it out of control. And there you go. When you show up at the fight, when you show up at the situation, you're not going to be able to control it like you want to. Because, see, Satan going to get in that other person and make them say something uh, to trigger you, to set your fire, to set your flame, to make your anger retaliate and turn into something else. What the incredible hook said when the men were beating on him, he said, he don't want to make me mad. He said, sir, you don't want to do that. You don't want to make me mad. Because he already knew that if he got mad, he was going to turn into an incredible hook. So he warned them and said, sir, you don't want to make me mad. And some of us just that same way. We got an incredible hook on the inside of us. Amen. And we have to be so careful who, who we around, who flares up our anger and turn us into a creature. And, when, and once that creature come out, he's uncontrollable. And we're like that too. Can't nobody tell us nothing. Now we done got our gun, got our knife, got our weapons. And now, then sooner, and then sooner, the credible hook. How did he do what he do? He changed back from being green back to who he was. And that's what we do. How do we do the damage? Then our anger leads, and we look at look where we left. Left in prison. Left with a life sentence. Left to hurt somebody. So I want. So God sent me by this evening to tell you that His grace is sufficient. Uh huh to help you with your anger, to get rid of your anger, to melt your anger away, to bring your anger under control, to discipline your anger, because it's about to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's about to destroy. I reminded of a friend of mine, a minister, and she was telling the story how she had told this deacon that that God showed her him her that he needed to pray because she saw him beating up on another man. And the deacon 
rather than accept what she said, he was very disrespected in the service. And when she told him that in a service, and he got up and disrespected her and said, hey, you know, God is on his side. He's a saved man. He, he, he don't act like that. He he got his anger under control. He wouldn't dare hit nobody like that. And, and you know, and, and kind of like more or less he rebuked the woman in a sense that she wasn't telling the truth as a prophet. And, and that was on a weekend. And the very Monday morning, the man – the day, the man and his neighbor son got in, a, in an argument, and they both got involved in it, and 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 it got out of control. And the man that the prophet prophesied to was choking the other man, uh, boy's daddy was choking him. I mean, he was a deacon, but yet he was choking the man, about to kill the man. And the man wife came out there with a gun and a shotgun and put it in there and told him, "If you don't to leave my husband alone, I will kill you." Now he hear this man talking about he had it out of control. No, he ain't like that. God knows us better than we know ourselves. That's why God sent me by this evening, because he knows you better than you know yourself. God see your tomorrow. God see your anger. God see what you're about to do. These people that go and do these things that they did, they did it from anger. Go back on the job shooting someone, taking a lie, go to these malls shooting. The anger made them do that. They were so angry with the world, so angry with the job that fired them, so angry with somebody did something in the schoolroom to them. And they went back there and retaliated because they had that uncontrolled anger. Uncontrolled anger is a dangerous thing to anybody. Don't care who it is. So know yourself. Check yourself. Make sure that this afternoon that you, you ain't got that uncontrolled anger. And if you do, I come out and tell you that you ain't got to live with it. God great is sufficient. 27 verse and do not give the devil a foothold. Y'all know what that means. That means to give space to the devil. See, see now by you getting in your car, heading to that man's house that you mad at or heading to somebody's house because they hurt your child or said something to your wife. See, you already giving a foothold to the devil. You, you, you giving space and you ain't got no business doing that because you know you're an angry person. You know how you is when you get angry. So you might as well just tell, tell God about it. And if it's something you need to tell the police about, let the police have it. Don't you go trying to feel it. Anyone, the 28th verse says, anyone who had been stealing must steal no longer, but must work deal doing something useful with their own hand. They may have something to share with those in need. So he's letting us know that we don't have to take matters in our own hand and give foothold to the devil because he waiting at what he wanted to do. He wanted to do that. Listen to this. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's been cursing, foul language. Do not let that come out your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. If your word is not benefiting, if you're so angry, that unwholesome word coming out of your mouth because somebody said something to you, and you're so angry, you're just cussing them out. Using all them little ugly words. You know them words we use when we cut. God said, let no underlay. If your word ain't hosting, if your word ain't graceful, if your word is not going to build somebody up, God said, don't do it. We're talking about Ephesians 4, 26 through 31. And the 30 verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with, with, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, when you're cussing like that, when you're doing them ugly things out your mouth, you you are holy. The Bible says bitter water and sweet water can't come out the same temper. Here you is holy and cussing with your lips. The Bible says you greed the Holy Spirit. It greed. You greed. You make him feel you feel feel sad about you. It don't make him feel good about you doing that. You grieve him. 
He's very disappointed that you're acting that way and you're supposed to be a Christian. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Look at that. The 31st verse says, get rid of. That means you got something to do. You may have to fast. You may have to pray. You may get some counseling. But get rid of all bitterness, because bitterness will steal your joy. Bitterness will steal other people's joy. Bitterness will steal the joy in the choir, the joy in church, wherever you're in the church, bitterness will touch the one that you're nearby. He said, get rid of all, not some, get rid of all, not even a little leaven holding lump. It don't take but one match to set a house on fire. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, because bitterness will make you go into rage and anger, all in slander. Now you're cussing. Now you're saying all kind of ugly things, forms of malice. Now you're disrespecting people because you're so mad. Then later on you tell me, well, I didn't mean to disrespect you. This is what anger do. Anger will make you disrespect people. Anger will make you hurt folk. Anger will make you take people's life, and then you realize later on. Isn't that what happened with, in the beginning of the Bible where Cain couldn't kill Abel? He killed him out of anger. Abel didn't do nothing to Cain. Abel had nothing to do with what God did. God the one that bled, bled Abel and didn't bled Cain. So Cain had no being to get mad with Abel and, 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 and taking Abel's life. Because so Abel didn't do nothing to it. Abel didn't tell God not to bless Cain. God made that decision. And when they brought their guilt to God, when they brought their offering to God, Abel brought what God told him to bring, and Cain didn't. Cain shortchanged God and brought him what he wanted to have. And God blows smoke in his face. And he got mad because God blows smoke in his face. And he went out of the field. He was so angry. I bet he was just a stomping and a shouting and a cussing. He was so mad. And he he, he was so mad that, that he went back out in the field. So he, he And then the next day when he saw that God had blessed, blessed Abel and didn't bless him, the Bible said while they was out in the field, he killed Okay, he killed Abel, killed him for no reason. Abel did not even know he was going to kill him. Abel went out there with his brother. This is his brother now. He's the first two men in the two, first two young men in the Bible. He went out there now, no doubt, to fellowship with his brother and just laugh with him and pray. And his brother killed him. His brother's still mad from yesterday. That's why I said don't let the sun go down on your wrath. He's still mad from yesterday and went and killed his brother, showing no malice at all. Then when God asked him where, where, where Abel was, he said, Cain, where is Abel? He's going to get smart now. He already so angry. He already done took the life of his brother. There don't no compassion, no remorse. And he's going to ask God, tell me, why are you asking me? Am I my brother keeper? You done killed the boy, done took the boy's life, and got the audacity to the lie and say, I don't know where he is. Ain't my responsibility. Ain't his babysitter. That's what he was saying. I ain't, am I my brother? Keep, I ain't your babysitter. Mm-hmm. You can't control anger when it's out of control. You can't control a fire when it's out of control. Look at the fourth fire a few years ago in California. The wind got in it, and it was out of control, and it burnt like it burnt like tar. It burnt the car, the metal, them, and killed the people on the inside. Burned everybody in the car, burned them, just killed them. There was nothing that nobody could do about it because the wind got in it. It shifted on them. And everybody that was lining up in the car, it burned, it killed them, car to car, under control. God is saying, somebody decided to know, I understand my voice, got uncontrolled anger. And he's trying to stop you before you make a man. And leadership position, sitting in high places, carrying a title, so mad. You can't be mad at your, you can't, you can't be mad at your members. They're your members. 
They're not your sheep. They're God's sheep. They ain't doing what you they supposed to be doing. You give it to God. You you you've been angry at them and preaching a, a message every Sunday about tide paying because the tide done drop. The money ain't ain't like it used to be. You just see the devil using you for the wrong reason. You pray and God will fix that. You ain't got to preach no message Sunday after Sunday about tired playing and be beating them up and angry at them and mad because they ain't paying their time. Some some churches will put you off the off the church list if you don't pay your tithe. They want to know your they want your they want your they they they, they want your, your 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 car. They want they want to they want they want to know how much money you make. Your WD form. They want to know your they they want it. And if you don't show it, then you can't be a member of their church. And that's sad because that's not biblical. Nobody don't have to show. Nobody don't have to show you their WD form. Nobody have to show you how much they make. If they don't pay the tithe, they can't be a member. So that's where anger come in, and malice come in, self come in, control come in, and God wouldn't have it that way. James one nineteen and twenty says, "Dear brother and sister, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce." the righteousness that God desires. See, when you quick to get mad, then you're not thinking. That's when you done got your gun and your knife or got the matters in your own hand when they cut somebody out to them. I told them just how I feel. But you got to be slow to anger so God can talk to you. He didn't say don't be angry, but you're so quick. Anger standing right, your anger right at the door. The Bible says if sin lies at the door, woe unto you. If something laying right at the door, time you open the door, it's going to come right in. So if your anger lands right at the door, just as soon as somebody flirt your fellows, you already angry. There's a different anger where we're out there in the yard and it takes a moment to get there. You got time to think about it. If a bear was out in the yard and he was way out in the yard and, and, and I opened my door, even though he came running toward me, I got time to shut the door because the bear way out there in the yard. But the bear already got his feet on the door and I opened the door, the bear going to fall right in on the door on me. I ain't got time to push the bear out there. You hear me, bear, too? Excuse me, because he's lying at the door. That's what it means if it lie at the door. If it's right there at the door, soon you open the door, it's going to come in. If you quick to be angry, then your sin, your, your anger laying at your door. Your anger right there, just somebody, all somebody got to do it. Ruffle your feather, and already you already out of control. So I hope this is helping somebody, because God wants you to know that they're going to control angels, a dangerous thing. It said in Proverbs 29 11. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Listen, a fool don't care. And we ought not act foolish when we've been Christians, been born again. You hear people talking, I'm so mad. Tell me, I die and go to hell before I forgive them. That means that's bad to be that angry. You're going to die and go to hell just to get even with just to keep somebody from forgiving somebody? Going to lose your soul? Go into an everlasting judgment, everlasting fire? Be condemned, be damned forever just because somebody done you so wrong and so bad that you can't forgive them? You in a rage? He said, but a wise man will calm down. 
Yeah, you might be angry. And the Bible says you can be angry. It said be angry and sin not. Why? Calm down. And what I want to tell somebody this afternoon, that's what God is trying to say, uncontrolled anger. I come down to calm somebody down this afternoon. Calm down. Calm down. You need to calm down. You need to think before you wait. Think before you wait. Think before you do what you're about to do. You done got it in your heart to do it. You're mad. You're going to do it. You're going to fix it. God came by to stop you this evening because you're going to end up in prayer, sir. You're going to end up in hell, end up sending somebody else to hell, taking somebody alive. Because once you take somebody alive and they ain't saved, then they're going to hell. You sent them to hell. You took something you can't give back. Yes, you're mad. You've been sitting around pondering about when you're going to do it. You ain't built enough of nerve. I come to get, I come to tear your nerve down. I come to tear down that. I tear that anger down. Calm down. Uh-huh, calm down. Yes, Holy Ghost is speaking. Calm down. Get down, get off of that angle. Get down out of that attitude. Lay Addie down. Yeah, Addie's at your house. Lay her down because she's fit to get you in trouble. you fit to take matters in your own hand. You're going to have to pay for it for the rest of your life. I told you I've been to prison. I've seen people that were there. They, they said they had another chance. You got another chance. Now, you got what they wanted. See, they done done it, and they can't change. But you can stop it. Stop it right now. Huh? Some of you fit to do something premeditated because you don't planned it. You don't fit to plan what you're going to do. But it's, it's, that's what premeditation is when you planned it and then went and done it because you had time to change your mind. So come, come, come on reason now. Reason much yourself. Realize that this is not the right thing to do. Let God fix it. They ain't going to get away. Don't nobody get away with nothing. The Bible says some men sins are rewarded now, and some come later on. If you don't, if you, if you don't get and take care of now, it will get taken care of later on at the judgment. They ain't going to get away with it. They may think they did, but when they stand before the great judge, the great white throne, they got to give an account for the deed done in their body. Jeremiah 1 and 20 said, because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God's desire. Human anger. You, you, you ain't doing God no faith. People talking about they kill you in the name of the Lord. Tell me it was God. That's what God wanted. That was, that was God's will. God made them do that. No, baby, God ain't no God don't kill people like that. You ain't doing God no favor. God don't need you to kill nobody. He can kill them his own self. He don't need you to kill them. If God wants somebody dead, if God actually wants somebody dead, he could do it himself. He don't need your help. That's just you making an excuse for what you did. Taking somebody's life. Think you got away with it. Because don't nobody know about it. It's here. It's in the dark. You done took their lives and and hit them somewhere, and don't nobody know where you hit them, and they can't find a person to prove that you did it. But God saw what you did, and you're going to have to stand before the great white throne. you got to stand before God and give an account for what you did in the dark, the life you took. No, oh, yes, I know you think you're very smart, very cunning, very crafty, but the eyes of the Lord go through all the earth, beholding the good and the evil, and there ain't no getting away. Payday is coming. Say all of us for the word. The book gonna be open. The trip said there's gonna be two books open. Uh huh. The book of, of of life and the book of of judgment. Uh huh. And everybody's name ain't written in the first book. Now remember, you got to have your name written in it. And if you don't want anger to call you no name, not to be written in that book. You don't did everything else good. You don't cross your teeth and dot your eye, but you can't control your anger. And you get there and find out that anger kept you out of the book. And the book gonna be open. And everyone named is not written in that book. Oh, the Bible said they shall be there. If it ain't in that book, you're going to be written in the other book. But see, the other book don't have no life in it. But the other book is the book of judgment, the book that's going to send you to hell. 
And you don't want your name in the other book, so you want your name to be in the first book. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to work so my name can be in the first book. But the Bible says everybody who name ain't written in the, in the book of life. Oh, when the, when the angel go down there looking for your name, you want to live so. You, in Christ Jesus, that the angel will see your name down there. Oh, my, my, my. Proverbs 19, 11, in a person wisdom, you are patient. It is to one glory to overlook an offense. Listen, a person wisdom, wisdom will help you get over your anger because it will help you be patient. Be patient. Wait on God to fix this. Here is the mindset, the Lord. I will repay. Yes, it is a person patient that will help him overlook an offense. And this is why we go and take matters out of hand. We can't overlook that. We keep looking at what happened. Oh, it looks so bad they did that to you. And then you mess around let somebody build stuff in your head. You going to let them get away with that? You going to take that mess? They ain't going to be the one sitting there in prison. They ain't going to be the one that said with the rest of their life locked up behind the bar because cause, cause, cause they told you to do something you went and did it. I would take that. It was me. If it were me, they always say it was me, but they won't go do it. If it were me, I wouldn't take that. You better take it because if you don't, it may cost you your life or the life of somebody else. It may be something that you pay. You can't. Huh? It may be. It might be uh, uh, something you pay for that it can cost you more than you can pay for. Sometimes things can cost more than we can pay for. Bite off more than we can chew. Ecclesiastes seventy nine says, "Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the laughs of fools." You hear that? So when you becoming so angry, you won't listen. You ain't acting like a Christian no more. You acting like a fool, and we know ain't no fool going to heaven. Ain't no fool going to walk around heaven all day long. Ain't no fool going to sit around God in glory. So don't you, uh, the Bible says, let no man take your crown. Don't you let anger call you to lose your crown. Don't you let anger call you to move your, lose your place in glory. Mm-hmm. See, Satan did, only get, Satan did not only get jealous. Satan got angry. He got upset. Why? We don't know. He's the most beautiful angel that was in glory, walking real close to God, walking in the diamond and the diadem and the sapphire and Reuben, the topaz. He shined as an angel. He was so beautiful, they called him pretty. They called him beautiful. So how beautiful is thou? He had it made, but he let that jealousy and angry, anger, call him to, 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 to put a coup on and got him a group of angels, one-third of the angels, I don't know how many that was. I don't know that were 10 million or 20 million or, or 2 million. I don't know how many that was. But nevertheless, one-third of the angels in heaven went with him to take over the throne because he was so angry at the position he was in. And he wanted uh, elevation. He wanted recognition. And look what happened. And that same devil doing the same thing today, wanting to call somebody to exalt themselves. People ain't satisfied with the position they're in. They, they think they ought to be did. They ought to be the apostle. They ought to be the evangelist. They ought to be the pastor. I'm the pastor. I do this and I do that. Listen to that devil talking to them, putting the anger in their heart. Got them acting up in the church, disrespecting their leader. Because they ought to be doing something. They, they should have been promoted by now. But the Bible said promotion don't come from your pastor. It don't come from your apostle. But promotion is coming from the Lord, who he will work through your pastor and through your prophet or apostle or whoever he used. To put you in that position. Wow. So be so do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. For anger for like I said, anger rests in the laps of food. You're not no fool, so get that anger out of you. Get that anger out of you. You're not a fool. You're a child of God. You are born again believer. 
Ah, yes, you are. Proverbs 15 and 1, a gentle answer turned away wrath, but a hard word stirred up anger. She said, what Satan want you to do? He don't want you to speak softly. That's why he sent you over with that attitude. See, Satan worked through attitude. He worked through attitude. He know that a softer answer turned away wrath. This is the way you have to do. Sometimes you just have to speak softly. Put the fire out. You're you a Christian. You're a child of God. You've been born again. Put the fire out with with, with, with soft answers. Talk back softly. Don't, don't holler at them because they hollered at you. Don't rare at them because they rared at you. Don't rebel against them because they rebelled against you. Don't have an addy with them because they had an addy with you. Don't get upset with them because they got upset with you. Huh? Don't rail on for railing because they railed on you. But give it to God and speak with a soft answer. And God will melt it. He will turn it around. He will melt it just like mutton butter. He'll fix the thing. But see, two people are Two people are hot-tempered. And now it ain't going to turn out neither way because both done got hold of it in the wrong way. Amen? Proverbs, eight, uh, Proverbs 15 and 18. Proverbs 15 and 18. We're we, we getting this word because these words are better than my words. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient Calms the quarrel. See, that's how you got to be. That's why I said uncontrolled anger. You got to control your anger. You can control your anger. You don't have to let your anger get out of control. Instead, a hot-tempered person, oh, so mad. Oh, you ever met people like that? They're so mad they're going to ram their car. Have you been so mad? I'm going to ram your car into them. They'll run your car into the side of their car. They'll just tear their car and set the house on fire. Throw the piano out the window. <laughs> you so mad, burn the clothes up. We looking at you know we look at TV so much. Woman gets so mad she take all his clothes and put them in the car and set the car on fire. They burn the car, burn the clothes up. Mm, so mad, so upset, so angry, uncontrolled temper. The Bible said a hot temper person stirred up conflict. Other words, causing trouble. So so every for every action there's a there's a negative and a positive reaction. When you do something else, conflict gonna come behind it. The conflict gonna come behind. That night, go the woman took and went and burned her to her. She burned up a. She burned up a. She found out that that there was a title in the house uh, 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 on a home, and her husband's name was on it. And another woman's name was on it, and she went and found out where they live, and she burnt the house down. But the conflict is now because she did that, she called them the investigator, her husband, to find out that he was involved with a whole lot of other stuff, and now she done called. To lose everything she had, everything he had, they taken everything. Millions of dollars was involved because she was so hot tempered and took matter in her own hand, and now it's affect the whole house and caused them to suffer unnecessary suffering. Now, now many other people are affected by this sir, losses that would not have came and should have left it alone and let God fix it. Colossians three and eight. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger. Rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Colossians 3 and 8. See, this is the only thing we got to go by the word. This is how we sanctify ourselves. This is how we control this anger. This is how we get rid of it according to the word of God. For the Bible says we are cleansed through the word. The word of God is a, is a detergent. The word of God is a, is a spiritual detergent. It watches us. It cleanses us. It sanctifies us. 
they get rid of the mess in our lives. And Colossians said, said, but now you must rid yourself. You do it. Get rid of these things. Anger, rage. Because anger turn into rage, turn into malice, and malice turn into slander. Now you're cussing and, and filthy language. You're so mad. You don't know all the things you done said. Oh, my God. You don't say it so much now, and you offend someone. You can't take it back. Tomorrow you're talking about you're sorry. I reminded of a lady in one of the churches I was speaking in, and I won't call any name, but she had the children to come up, and she had them to put a lotion in their hand, about six or seven children. She took some lotion and put it in their hand, and then she told them to take the lotion and rub it in until it was gone. And they rubbed the lotion in their hand until it disappeared. Then she went to each one of them and said, give me my lotion back. And they were laughing until we came. She said, I want my lotion back, and I want it right now. She went to every one of them. She said, give me back my lotion. They said, you can't. What do you mean? They said, well, they said, it's gone. We can't. It's in our skin. It's gone. And she so it is. word to go out of your mouth. They can't take it back. That lotion could not be put back in the bottle. It's impossible. Nobody miraculous enough, had power enough to put that lotion back out of their hand, back in that bottle. It's gone. It's over with. It's done been done. And when you say things ugly and cursing and malice and, and slandering and filthy language out your mouth and hurt somebody to offend somebody, yes, you say you're sorry tomorrow, but you can't take back what you said. What you said hurt. What you said offended. What you said wounded. And the Bible said that the belly of the millstone be tied about your neck. And you'll be cast into the sea. And some of you are doing it, and you don't realize you're doing it. Look what the scripture said. You're offending God, little one. He said, at least one of mine. He didn't say the big one. We are not to fear nobody. We're not to fear nobody where they're great. But God said he did offend at least one of mine and called them to backslide, called them to quit, called them to throw in the towel, called them to just don't love the Lord no more. Get out of the race because you hurt them and offended them with your curses and your slanderous and your malice and your filthy language. He said it was better than a millstone. Now, honey, ain't nobody can swim with a millstone. A millstone is a big grinding rock. It weighs about 20, 30 pounds. And it hung around your neck, and you out there trying to swim and throw it into the sea. It's already you're in the sea. And then the millstone around your neck, you're going to the bottom, surely to drown. God said it's better than a millstone be hung about your neck for you to offend the leech one in his kingdom. We've got to be careful to quit offending one another. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We've got to quit offending one another. We've got to quit talking ugly to one another. We've got to quit saying things, oh, she's my brother or my, she's my sister, or she this, or she's my aunt, or she's my pastor, she's my grandma. I can talk. You can't talk like that if they're a child of God. Because you've got to answer to God for all that stuff you're saying to them. James 4, 1 and 2. What causes what cause fight and quarrel? Among you, don't they come from your desire that battle within you? You desire but do not have. So you kill, you covet, that you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Trying to take matters in your own hand. Trying to cheat yourself. Trying to take something from somebody ain't yours. He said you fight and kill. You covet that. And God said, you know where the scripture said, thou shalt not covet you cover that that belongs to someone and still don't get it. It's one thing to cover something and get it, but you cover it and still don't get it. You quarrel. He say you'll fight. It's just like Russia doing now over there. 
fighting against this country, trying to take something from them. They all take their land because they decide they want it. Over there trying to take something from someone else, causing all these lies to be taken out of greed, out of covetousness. And God is not pleased. And that's what we are, trying to take something belong to somebody else. And God is not pleased that we're doing that. And then in the end, we don't end up with nothing. When it's all over, there ain't no gain. It's just loss. Proverbs 16 and 32. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control, than one who takes the city. We're talking about controlling our anger, uncontrolled anger. Listen to what it says. It's better than a patient person because you patient and wait. You're both stronger than a warrior because, see, a patient person will be wise. A warrior go out there and get killed. He in a hurry because he thinks he can fight. He's a warrior. He go out there and lose his life. But a patient person be wise. He might be able to win the battle and don't even have to fight at all. And one with self, self-control self and one with takes the city. A self-controlled person is greater than a person to take a city. Because eventually one of these days he may go out there and can't take that city. He may go out there and, 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 and backfire on him. And he loses life. So we have to be careful about uncontrolled anger. I hope this happens somebody. A husband, uncontrolled anger, beating your wife, beating your children in a way you ain't have no business. You ain't got no business beating your wife at all. And, and and you don't need to be beating your children by slapping them all side the head and hitting them all in their face. That's why God gave them a, a, a rear end. That's why God didn't give them a place to sit on. That's the part you're supposed to be. You're supposed to do that with discipline. You're supposed to do that in a, in a, in a discipline-like way. You ain't supposed to be beating them no five and ten minutes, uh, and you're still beating them harshly. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to chastise them in a God-fearing way, and you ain't supposed to be chastising your wife at all. You ain't supposed to be putting your hand in her face. You ain't supposed to be kicking her and beating her with objects, kicking her, or bruising her, wounding her, hitting her in her face. Here you is in leadership position. Here you is a man of God, a child of God. Huh? He said, husband, love your wife. He said, beat your wife. He said, husband, love your wife. And Christ loved the church. Husband, love your wife. You hear what I'm saying? Husband, love your wife. And Christ loved the church. And be patient with them. Love them. Don't bruise them, as, as we do, and hitting on them, causing them to be angry. You know, they ask you now when you go to the hospital, when you go to the hospital, they ask you, are you scared to stay at home? So many wives are scared to stay at home. So many children are scared to stay at home because of the fact that the, that the dad is, is, is mean or the mama is mean or the one who... Grandma and me, it's bad to be able to to be angry to say scared uh, to say home because home is the place you're supposed to go. Home is supposed to be like a haven. Home is supposed to be the better place for a person to be. Home is a place of rest, a place of scowl, a place next to hell of comfort. And it's bad when children can't trust, uh, can't can't rely on their parent. Mom and dad, when they're scared to stay with mom and scared to stay with dad, because they're scared mom and dad are going to say something or do something or hurt them in some kind of way. 
Not say to all husband, all mom, all that. Get your act together. Put love back in your home. Husband, quit beating on your wife. Wives, if you're beating on your husband, quit beating on your husband. Chastise those children in the right way. You ain't got to whoop them every time they do something and do it with love. We got that old saying, I brought you in the world, I take you out. No, that's old school stuff. Quit talking that old crazy talk and show them love, discipline them. Spend time with them. Tell them why you chastise them. Tell them why you parted to them. Don't do it and don't tell them why. Proverbs 22 and 24 says, do not make friends with an angry-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angry. Did y'all know that was in the Bible? Some of you got angry friends. Otherwise, you're going to be angry. After a while, they're going to make you angry. Otherwise, you're going to be walking around with an attitude. Anger bring on bitterness. It said, do not make, listen, Proverbs 22 and 24 says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. And do not associate with one easily angered. Somebody that is quickly angered, they might end up hurting you one day or getting you hurt. I had a friend like that, that he was so, we would go out at night to the clubs, and he was so easy uh, to get hot tempered. He was so easy to start a fight. And he, he did not only endanger his life. I told him the next time you do it, I'm going to leave. Because he, not only did he endanger his life, he endangered my life. Now he get the people, when the people start fighting, they ain't going to let me get away. I'm going to get hurt because he's my friend. So I got to try to protect him like he protect me. So he endangered my life by acting the way he did. Heart temper, person. The Bible says don't even associate with them. You got a friend like that, you do tell them to listen. If you keep acting like this, I'm going to have to leave you alone because, you know, you, you, you just rub it off on me. Matthew 5, 22, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, rascal, is, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you a fool will be in danger of, of the fire hell. Ain't that something? We can't even call a brother or sister a fool. You can't even call your brother and sister a fool. God said you're in danger of hell fire. And you can't call him a rascal. He said oh, you are, you are, un, you are un, unanswerable to the court. You got to stand in judgment for calling him a rascal. But God said, but if you call him a fool, you're in danger of hell fire. All these things, it's just that simple. We got to check ourselves. We got to see where we're standing at. This is what God got me talking about. This is about anger. I don't know who I'm talking to. I can use a little bit my own self. The room at the top of all of us. Listen, listen to what Psalm 37, 8 and 9 said. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. He said refrain from anger now and turn from wrath. That means you're so mad you take a matter in your own hand. Turn. Get in that car. Get out that car. Cut that car off. Go back in the house. It's only going to lead to evil. It's going to lead you to jail. It's going to lead you to hell. It's going to lead you to take somebody's life. And you can't give back. He said, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And listen, this anger is going to turn you to evil. And that evil, God is going to destroy you. He said, those that are evil, God is going to destroy. God destroyed the evil doer. Because you won't do right. You want to do evil in the sight of God. And God had to bring judgment on you. So I come out and encourage you. Get out of that. Get out of that. Stop what you're about to do. Talk more about what you're about to do because it's about to get you in a world of trouble. If Proverbs 14 to 29 says, whoever is patient has great understanding, 
the one with quick temper, displayed folly. That's my last verse. Proverbs 14 and 20, I said, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick temper only showing folly. And folly is foolishness, uncontrolled foolishness. So I share with you this afternoon, get rid of your anger. Get it under control. Fast and pray. Ask God to help you. Whatever you got to do, you do that, and God will help you do the rest. Don't let it cause you to end up in prison so you have to say, if I wish I had thought. Well, you got a chance to think right now. You got a chance to fix it right now. You got to stand not allowed to happen right now. Not take somebody's life. Not go take a matter in your own hand. You, God is the only one who can fix this thing, and it come out all right. Give God a chance to fix it. Let him fix it. Yeah, because Satan going to listen. Satan going to confront you now. You done heard the word. You done made it this far and got away with it. God sees that he's fit to bring you destruction, so he's warning you this saving so that you would take matters, uh, won't take matters in your hand. You done got away with it. You done barely escaped. You just got by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It almost destroyed you in the past, but you got by. And God is giving you another chance, and he's warning you and telling you to stop. Look at yourself. Consider about what you're about to do. Because what you're about to do is about to destroy you. Precious Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And behalf of the message this afternoon, talking about uncontrolled anger. Somebody got it, Lord, or you wouldn't have gave me the scripture. But you warned them this afternoon, oh God, that they might take control. They might fast and pray. They might read the word. That they might be obedient to your word. Because the mind said, the Lord, I will repay. But they want to do it themselves, God, with a drive-by shooting or, or take them out of their own hand, going to the neighbor's house and fix it. But, God, only you can fix it. And I ask you to fix it. I ask you to work it out in the name of Jesus. Let this word not go out and come back forward. But let it be accomplished what you said it out to do. I did it to the best I know how, God. I said it the best I know. If I'm wrong with any way, don't charge it to my heart, but charge it to my head. And then maybe I'll do better next time, God. But let that word not go by void, but find them where they're at. Let it call somebody, God, to put the gun back in their pocket, put the knife back down. Let it call somebody to get back in their place. Call somebody, oh, God, to change their mind about what they're going to do. They were intending to do something this evening. They were intending to do something tomorrow. They were intending to do something this weekend. They done made up their mind they're going to fix it next time they meet. But, God, you bring this thing to naught. Let a soft answer. Let it be fixed, Lord. Look how long they had feeling in the McCord fought, God. Fought over something to find out when it was all over with that they were fighting for nothing, God. They messed up family, and family killing one another, and family in discord against one another. Because of our animal, because of our livestock, because of our homes, they fought all the many years, God. They won't wise enough to know that all wasn't worth the conflict that, it, that came between them. Now, God, let thy word rest in our hearts. Let thy word rest in our minds. Let us be obedient, O oh God, and do what your words say do. In the name of Jesus, let this man be a blessing to everyone on the radio world. In the glory, the honor, and all the praise shall be thine for all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.